Thanks for joining the Life's Better podcast where we discuss how life is so much better with God, community, and purpose. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, you probably noticed that it's not just Jonathan and Josh, but we actually have the J Trio. Yeah. We've got Joanna with us as well. Joanna, is this your fourth time on the podcast? Oh, I have no idea. Third or fourth, at mm-hmm. least. Um, I hope the you... The most recurring guest. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think I think that's how we would want it, you know? Um, if, if you're okay with it, Joanna, um, can you please tell us the level of excitement that you have for being on the podcast for the third or fourth time? Out of so 10. much. Oh, on a scale of one to ten, uh, probably like an amazing, super high eight. You know, okay. I was Which thinking actually... she was just going to say fifteen and just blow us <laughs> all away. Fifteen. Okay. I, I could see. We'll eight. I'm, I'm really excited. I love listening to the Life's Water Better po- podcast, so I'd rather. Do you like? <laughs> do you like saying that five times fast? Life's Water. <laughs> I like listening to the podcast. Life's so, so much water. I feel like being on it is almost like a spoiler alert. And yeah. Oh yeah. So. Now you don't have to listen to this. We're episode. the ones That's being true. spoiled, absolutely. So <laughs> the reason why Joanna is on for a third or fourth time is because several weeks ago, all three of us were actually at a week of camp, and the theme of the week was don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Mm-hmm. And it was a brilliant theme um, based, on, based on Josh's creativity <laughs> and stealing an idea from mm-hmm. Louis Giglio, who wrote a book by the same title. Mm-hmm. And it, we were able to not only gain a lot of insight for our own spiritual lives, but we were actually able to impart some real, I think, wonderful spiritual tools for each one of those campers that yeah. we want to pass on to you guys. Yeah. And so that's what the direction that we're going to be taking today. But before we do, because we're reliving some camp stuff, we're going to play a game. It's it's going to be our final camp game. Mm-hmm. So if you've noticed, uh, those of you who are watching, we've got these armbands. I was a part of green team. You were a part of purple, purple team. team. I came in solid third. Like we placed, we were third. Um, you were fourth. Purple team was the best team, even though we came in fourth. You did not lose. You were not the last place team, that's so true. that's that's good. And then little punk over here, Josh, his red team took first place, which I was actually excited for you because I, so I heard I heard that you've never I've won. never won. I've never won. Now is that as simply as a dean or as a, as a camper as well? As a camper as well. Oh my gosh, never, this was your very nev- first. Never never have my team ever won anything at camp. I have got some seriously bad news for you then. Okay. The bad news is there is going to be one final competition. Yeah, but this is just like... This is winner take all, man. No, no, no. no. Today is winner take all. <laughs> if, the whole team's making a comeback. If we, if we I already win, have the first place thing. I'm going to have to steal it out of no, your office. No. We'll see. <laughs> so we're going to play a game having to do with camp. Um, I've got a list of questions that I've got in this little container having to do with camp, or at least camp themes. And each of us are going to take turns. We're going to grab a question. We're going to read it. And then the way this works is you will have to guess what our answers are. So I'll be guessing what your answers might be. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is the honor system. Don't change your answer. And you'll get a point if you get the uh, the question right. Cool. Okay, so cool. I'm going to go first since, since I'm the one holding the box here. Okay, the question is, what did you enjoy most this year at camp? So Josh, I think what you enjoyed this year at camp most, outside of maybe the victory, um, <laughs> was maybe going into this year uh, you were more prepared, or I shouldn't say prepared. Uh, you had things programmed in such a way that, although, yeah, there were a lot of moving pieces still, um, there was a level of, hey, I'm just going to enjoy the process mm-hmm. rather than maybe in years past, I'm anxious, I'm worried, I'm concerned, and I'm not sure how it's all going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year, maybe for the first time in, since maybe really being a dean, that was kind of the the, the, the posture of, the week of camp. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Uh, Joanna, Joanna, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm wrong. Um, but Joanna, what did you enjoy most this year at camp? Uh, I think for you, it had to do with this year. Unlike any other years in recent history, you have not been trying to do master's work, mm-hmm. and uh, the stress level that you would normally have of wait, mm-hmm. I've got to go back and you yeah. didn't have that, mm-hmm. yeah. and you were just able to see not only the uh, the work that God was doing in the lives of students, um, but there was maybe just less stress mm-hmm. and enjoyment because of not having other stuff going on. Am I right on either of those fronts, guys? I, I, I'm sorry. I've been telling people a different answer, but that's a great answer. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Okay. Uh, do, I, do I need to share my actual answer? Yeah, no? what is your answer, man? So I've been telling people, this is, this is kind of uh, sappy, but my favorite thing about camp was listening to Emily talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, you uh, are. I know. That's I, really listen, she, a good husband. Listen, she, the whole time beforehand was – you know, that we're going to talk about later, that lie of, I can't do this. I can't yeah, do this. Yeah. Uh, but I kept telling her over and over again, like, you're, you're, you read the book with me. Like mm-hmm. you are, and I know how passionate you are about the, like the, the topic. And um, like, she just got up there and like, she even talked to me later about it. Like how uh, she doesn't even remember what she said. She just felt like the <laughs> Holy Spirit, like kind of yeah. gave her this awesome. confidence beforehand and like seeing her teach and teach with confidence was just like a highlight for me. So that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. But I got a point for yours, right? Right. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. That was a really good, it was also a really good yeah, answer, yeah. and that was such a blessing. Um, but my favorite part of camp this year was just getting to have conversations. There were some conversations. You had a lot of conversations. I had a lot of really good conversations. So, so Every time I turn around, you were having a conversation yeah, with, one-on-one somebody. with somebody. Yeah, one-on-one with somebody. Somebody all the time. Yes. That was a good thing. I'm not, I'm not picking on you. That For was a me, good thing. For me, that yeah. was the highlight. That cool. was definitely the highlight. Mm-hmm. And kind of, kind of also with my team, because of the conversations I got to have with them, but it was a great team, and we gelled really well. I forget. So. What place did you guys come in? <laughs> <laughs> best place. We yeah. Best, best place. place. Yeah. <laughs> Not I, I, first, but always. best. Okay. Okay. Good job. All right. Joanna, All you're right. next. Let's see. No points for me. I'm going to try to do better than Jonathan. <laughs> oh, did you get any poison ivy or sumac? Hmm. This is easier because it's a yes or no. That's really. a yes or no. Oh, I have a 50% chance of getting this one correct. So, okay, okay, okay. Um, Jonathan, I'm going to go, no, you didn't. Okay. And Josh, I'm going to say, also, no, you didn't. Am All right. I correct? So, I got a sweet little, like, line oh. of... I, I believe it was what poison was it? ivy. I'm pretty sure okay. it was poison Not ivy. Not sumac? No. I, you know, honestly... I don't know if I've ever had a sumac reaction mm. because I don't know if I can always identify, mm. you know, the the dangerous type of sumac. So I'm just guessing it was poison okay. ivy, and it was just one stretch, and it wasn't that big of a deal, but it puffed up and okay. got blistery and the whole deal. All right. Well, I was wrong. I assumed you, you were. Uh, you were I, right about mine, though. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got bit by a spider and I got plenty of bug bites, but I never. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> I never whoa! Got, there might be a question. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't say bites. how many. That's I did not true. say how many. That's okay. true. But I hope I picked that one now. That's <laughs> funny. All right, Jonathan. I assumed you weren't allergic to poison ivy because that seems like the sort of thing that you wouldn't be I am allergic to. I am so manly that <laughs> <laughs> Ivy just runs for me. Poison Ivy's allergic to Jonathan. Yeah, that's You're right. just so practical minded <laughs> that it's like your body would refuse to get poison uh, Ivy. I think Dana may be uh, not allergic, but I definitely Emily am. always okay. brags yeah. about how she's not. Okay. But I've heard that it's like you're only not allergic so many times. Interesting. And then eventually, I don't okay. know, that that might okay. be like a lie yeah. that yeah. people tell Someone you. can look it up. Yeah. You can tell us. But I get one point, right? You got one point. You got one okay. point. Purple's on the board. All right, mine is, 
Oh, okay. What was your favorite meal? Okay. Hmm. Mm, okay. Ah, man. Both of these people are very healthy, so I know that it can't be anything too crazy. Um. I'm gonna go, Jonathan. I'm mm-hmm. gonna say it was the burgers and French fries oh, that we such had. Such a good answer. Because I know that's your you favorite love, food. I love burgers. You know it. And then Joanna, I'm gonna have to say that it was the meal that your mom helped cook with the stir fry, uh, the stir fry slash beans veggies day. That I don't was know. Also I, really yeah. Good. I don't know because I mean we had a lot of g- great meals, yeah. so this is really yeah. really hard yeah. to pick from. So I, I hate to disappoint Josh. No. Uh, I actually love Junior's uh, breakfast sandwiches. Oh, I forgot about how much and, you like those. And he knocked it out of the park again, mm. and that was my favorite. The mm. burgers were great, too. I, I, there wasn't a bad meal. I, I enjoyed yeah. every single mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Okay, Josh, you totally nailed it. Yes. Uh, that, was, yes. that was my favorite meal. Awesome. So you get a point. Awesome, awesome. Okay. I, I got to say, like, my favorite was easily the chicken tenders day. Not because mm. of the chicken tenders, but because the squash and zucchini is not now one of my favorite sides With the bacon ever. in it? Well, not with the bacon. Oh. Uh, actually, just with the onions. The onions mm. make those so flavorful, and it's crazy how good those were, despite him not throwing any bacon like, in seasons there. in it. Yeah. yeah. That, no, that was good too, but <laughs> but I preferred it without the bacon. All right, next question here is how many <laughs> how many mosquito bites or bug bug bites did you get at camp, um, Joanna? Are we are, like within one, right? Like we're not we're not solid at ha- okay. Can yeah. we within yeah. one? Okay, within one. Okay, mm-hmm. um, Joanna, I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say five, and you said a lot, so I'm gonna say twelve. Totally. Five was the number. Shut I had up. In I'm my on the board. Yes. Green is on the board. <laughs> One point. Yes. So uh, I'm going to give it to you because my answer what? was 10 plus. Oh, right. Uh, because I, I definitely had a bunch on my leg and they were like little minuscule ones too. Okay. And if you count that spider bite, like that's an <laughs> that's, extra. Yeah, that one was a weird one. Bite. I, you got bit by a spider in the river. And I was really concerned for you for a moment. I was it's too. like, you're kidding me. He just got bit by a spider, yeah. but it wasn't it yeah. wasn't venomous yeah. and no. it wasn't a bad Yeah, that reaction. was terrifying because Tom came up to me and was like, if it's a brown recluse, your leg's gonna start to like <laughs> well up. <laughs> and we, we need to get you to a doctor as wow. quick as possible. And I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, and so like the rest of the time I was just like constantly like, uh <laughs> <Is it> numb? <laughs> <Is it> numb? <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa though. So if you had a ton of tiny bug bites on your leg, how do you know it wasn't poison ivy and that that's a point for me? So <laughs> I, I don't know. Whenever I get poison ivy, it's just, like, really, really red okay. and really bad. And then eventually it, like, becomes that crispy disgustingness, that, you yeah. know? Yeah. But, like, bug bites, bug bites I have just w- the worst reactions to. They're, like, giant whelps. Well, yeah. And th- these were, like, all in a cluster nice. <laughs> of, like, three or four. I don't know. I, it's disgusting, but okay. I don't know. I think I'm sweet, and that's why I'll give the bugs like me. I am just excited that green is in the lead, so um. – We'll see if purple can pull it out. Let's see. Also, you almost took away a point for yourself because if I had said, oh, yeah, that might have been poison ivy, you would have lost that point because oh. you said no. Oh, oh, wait. Okay. Well, I got confused there. I'm just, I, just started, <laughs> I got confused. <laughs> I just started assuming Jonathan was beating me. Ooh, this is a good one. How many romantic relationships did you experience when you were a young camper? Oh, no. Let's Ooh. clarify this one just a little bit. Now, when we say romantic interests, 
we're not talking like Josh is sneaking off with girls in the mm. woods to like mm -hmm. French kiss. We're mm -hmm. talking like, you know, I like you, you like me. You know, it, it, it can be as simple as that. But flirting and yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like that. That, yeah, yeah. that sounds good. But like solid on both sides. Mm -hmm. It can't just be Josh was like <laughs> totally into all the girls and none of them were into him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because okay. that, that could have happened. Okay, and when it says young camper, does that include high school or no? We're talking um, not as a camper last, like three weeks ago, okay. mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. when you were a student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but so, okay, so yeah. all the way through elementary yeah. and high school. Sure. All right, gotcha. Yeah, like our wives don't count. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Correct. All right, Jonathan, I'm going to guess for you it was... Nine. Wow. Nine. Wow, that's a, that's a big number. I think you aim too low there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just thinking you went to you went to summer camp how many years in a Since row? I was in elementary Since school. From yeah. elementary through high school. Pretty that's much. a lot of opportunities to have crushes on campers. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry if I offended you. No, no offense. Um, Josh, I'm going to guess. Because, again, like the way we stipulate this, they were also into me. <laughs> so that's, that's not an insult. That's <laughs> Bragging rights. Josh, I'm going to guess, honestly, maybe like three. Oh, Tops. burn. No, no, no. It's not a burn. It's not a burn. I, I, just, three. I feel like Josh was probably a shy kid. Were you a shy kid? Oh, 1,000%. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's my guess. Did I get it right? No, not even close. Uh, I, I think maybe four. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe okay. four. Maybe four. Like, uh, solid three, but I think probably four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were not running around with all the little girls. That sounds so creepy, Joanna. <laughs> no, I was definitely not. When you were a little boy, like, that's fine. Were, that's not not when, when you're an you adult. When you were a kid. Yeah. No one's gonna like no cut points, that out and no point for use it against you eventually. Because this guy was not making purple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was good. That was good. Josh, what about you? All right. So, I if there are people that can call me out here and say no, that absolutely isn't true, then absolutely go for it. But I'm I'm saying zero. I've. <gasps> So, like, when I was young, and I think I've established this in the past, I was a very awkward and quiet kid, uh -huh. and I was very sheltered, like, didn't want anything to do with girls until at least middle school, and then when I did, I did not talk to them at all. Mm. And then in high school, like, when I got some of this confidence that you see right now, uh, and this coolness, uh, no, <laughs> uh, I, I definitely didn't use camp as an opportunity mm. to pursue anything Good at all. You. So, yeah. uh, not, not to, like... Brag. Most of that was just because it wasn't reciprocated for most of the mo most of my life. But even when I did have the opportunity, there might have been like playful flirting. But I was like, no, I'm not interested in that. That's <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. awesome. You know, my first instinct was to say zero, but I psyched myself out. And you were like, I don't want to insult Josh and assume <laughs> that he never had a ca camp girlfriend. But yeah. just want to let you guys know that uh, purple purple is out of the running now. So. Out of the running. You okay, because we're only doing point, two. Well, we got two you know, I can lose and still be the best team. Well, that's what you keep <laughs> telling yourself. <laughs> all right, so m this is the last question. This is it, man. And this is, this is for all the marbles. This okay, okay. Uh, for fake points, because no, 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 Red already won. Winner take all. Um, <laughs> what, was the most what was most challenging for you this year at camp? Oh, this is a tough one, too. Okay, so I hope that you guys have thought through mm -hmm. what your answers are. Yeah. Um, hmm. um, I'm going to go with <laughs> what I think was most challenging for Jonathan, <laughs> which was dealing with the insane rain and prepping for your lesson and 
just not like like everything being up in the air. We had an impromptu dance party because it was like no one can hear you. Um, and just trying to keep their attention while they're literally being flooded. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like kids were literally sitting in puddles listening to you talk. Right. Um, and I just felt so awful. I was like, <laughs> this, I've set Jonathan up for like nothing. Like, uh, like the, and the fact that you, you still did a great job is like testament mm. to your ability. But like, I, I was sitting over there just like, like so this, is, this, this is the worst thing ever. I feel hard. so awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I hope that he's okay. <laughs> like, uh, but, yeah, that would be my answer for you. Sure. And then for you, Joanna, I'm going to say it's, it's a toss-up between two. I would either say – got to go with one. This is not going to be my answer, but I'm going to say it's either camp fatigue mm. because you did three weeks of camp beforehand, but you've done that a lot, and so I don't think that would be your answer. I think your answer might be the same thing that was the best thing, which is having those tough conversations. Mm. Um, so, like, the most rewarding thing was also the toughest thing, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Okay. I so. can see that. Yeah. Oh, she can see that, but she doesn't think that's <laughs> the answer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh, I'm going to go ahead and give you the point. So, okay. here, here's, here's my general answer. What's most challenging for me in life is always the same. It's not getting what I want. Mm. <laughs> when I don't get what I want, it's just like, that's a challenge. I got I to gotta, I gotta deal with that. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and give that one to you because I certainly wanted better weather and I wanted mm -hmm. students to be more, uh, engaged. So yeah, no, that's, that, that's a point for you. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I actually felt really bad because I spoke the day after you and the weather was perfect. <laughs> the weather was perfect. And uh, I think it's cause God knew I wouldn't handle the rain as well as he did. Yeah. Honestly, I was sitting there thinking, I was like the war, the worst day of weather was on Jonathan's day. And God was like, I know Jonathan can handle it. So. That, you know what? You guys are, you guys are encouraging. Thank you. All right, was he right on yours? Because um, right now, it's it's a tie. So, actually, Josh, your first answer was correct. Oh! oh the fatigue. I'm sorry. Um, I Dang think it. it wasn't even just so much the camp fatigue. It was the um, the VBS fatigue. Yes, I forgot so, about that. So, um, oh. right after I graduated from uh, grad school, I headed straight into VBS prep mm -hmm. and then had, you know, an exhausting but fun week of VBS. Mm -hmm. So, rolling from all of that straight into camp meant that physically I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I really loved every aspect of getting the, the, to have those conversations. The reason that mm -hmm. they were also one of the harder parts of the week was because of that fatigue. So Guess what, Josh? Because you communicated it, you get the point. Man. Oh! You get the point. No, Asterisk the point. by the wind, but that's I appreciate it. No, that's, that's all. That's all. If I can get the 12 mosquito bites when mm. you probably had over 12, you deserve the win. I'll, I'll say on top of that, like – for me, my answer was almost the same as yours. Mm. Like the like not not that I didn't get what I want, but like the weather aspect. Early in the week, I thought this is gonna be a miserable week because mm. like there was a chance that that night and that day that we had was gonna be every day, and I was mm. just like, it is going to be a challenge because right. I I was hearing kids complain already, and they're <laughs> like, I don't know how I'm gonna get through the week, and I was like, I have that mentality, and I know mm. if I have that mentality. Mm they're going to have that mentality sure. and then we're, the camp's going to be ruined. Right, right, and right. I, I, I just remember praying and be like, God, like help me like change my mindset because I'm right now I'm thinking this is not going to be a fun week. It's a challenge. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think my biggest challenge was the, the 50 kids at first, like the, this is a fear that came over me of like, I don't even have enough like th things printed off. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I just happened to buy five colors of bands and mm -hmm. had, just, just enough leaders yeah. like it was just crazy how that worked, worked out perfectly. like god yeah. took care of it but like i was so <laughs> scared i was like how are we going to entertain 50 kids at the same time yeah. no it was, <laughs> um, it was it but it was yeah. good so as we said earlier we 
had this really great theme of don't let the enemy have a seat at your table. And one of the things that we each had the opportunity to do was each night uh, there was a different communicator and each of us took one of those nights. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to just share some of the, I guess, the gems out of each of our talks as a way to hopefully encourage you mm. with this really important idea of not allowing the enemy to have a seat at our table. Um, for those of you who may not know that that big idea, um, again, it comes from Louis Giglio's book. He has a, a wonderful sermon, uh, you know, connected to it as well. But it has to, it has to do with the idea that we have a good shepherd, a good father who is meeting all of our needs, and he's wanting every single day to sit and commune with us. Mm. But what happens is we've got an enemy who loves to pull up a chair and disrupt that yeah. and really lead us to destruction rather than uh, to wholeness with the Father. And so we're, we're going to talk about how we can get rid of you know the enemy from our table. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm, Josh, I'm going to let you go ahead and share first, and yeah. then I'll share, and then Joanna will close this out. Yeah, so uh, I think something that I also had to clarify for my students is like this idea of a table is not new theology at all. Um, it really is just a representation of that relationship that God calls us to um, because when we're sitting around a table with people, we're talking with them, we're sharing with them that if they prepared a meal for us and they're giving to us just the same way that the Father does. He yeah. has good blessings that he wants to give us. Uh, he wants to talk to us about what's going on. He wants us to not only talk to him, but he wants to share things back, whether it be through the word or uh, worship or anything like that. Um, and so my day was the second day. I, I kind of cheated and took two. I took the first day, let Louie kind of give his uh, lesson through a video, uh, and then shared a little bit after that kind of setting the week. Mm -hmm. But my real day was the second day, and I, lo I love taking that. Um, I kind of took dibs on mine first because this was the chapter from the book that uh, he covered that just – there was something about it that just awoke – like uh, an awareness of the mm -hmm. enemy. Uh, and that, that really was my theme, was uh, not dealing with how to get the enemy away. It was just right. establishing that there is an enemy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not, like a lot of the, the things that we struggle with are not just thoughts that we have. It's thoughts that are implanted by mm -hmm. the enemy. And we have to recognize that he's there. And so I dealt with four. Uh, I have them written down just in case I forgot them. Uh, but we're going to go through the four really, really quickly. Uh, the first one is that it is actually... Let's test. Do you guys remember any of the lies of the enemy? Oh, Josh. Remember? I'm sorry. You I'm don't sorry. remember them in order. Okay, if okay. I, if, I, if I land one Listen, on the board. Listen, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Um, you're not good enough. You're not good enough is lie number three, and that one uh, is the struggle that all of us can often deal with where um, we just feel a lack of confidence due to the, the sin in our life, the guilt, and the shame that he often throws with temptation. Um, he talked about how uh, our acute, or not our accuser, our tempter will turn into our accuser the moment that we do anything wrong. Uh, and the hope is, is that we let this lie creep in so that we feel distant from God and then we stop coming to that table because we don't feel good enough to even have a mm. seat. Um, and Louis deals with like ways to combat that, but that was not my day. Uh, but that this was th that was one of the biggest I think that students shared. Like yeah. this is yeah. my struggle too. Uh, do you guys remember any others? It's okay. The grass is greener. The grass is greener. Yeah. So the grass is greener concept is it's better at another table. Um, in fact, I was listening to the book again just to remind myself of of the real reason behind these. And the grass is greener is like the full thing that he shares. Mm -hmm. um, it's better at another table. Uh, we can often misinterpret as, oh, like we look at, um, I don't know, uh, like 
other churches. Like it's better in another church or it's better if I just skip. And like th- those are parts of it. Uh, but the real thing is if we look at the table as relationships with God, we envy our neighbor's relationship with mm-hmm. God. We envy even our neighbor's relationship with life itself. Um, and it's that that la- that that temptation to covet what mm-hmm. others have. Um, I think inside of the church, we can look at, it, it can be coupled with, I'm not good enough. We can look at the relationship with God that people have, and we can be like, I wish I could have that. Yeah. I wish the blessings God was giving that person were the blessings I was getting. Um, I wish that the struggle that they got pulled out of was the same type of uh, testimony that I have. But in reality, uh, our our table is unique for us, and it's important for us. And uh, that grass is always greener. If we go to that <laughs> and we get that, uh, we're not going to be happy either. Mm-hmm. Like Satan, it is literally a temptation to think this way because he wants you to make you think that that table mm-hmm. is not what's best for you. Yeah. Um, any other ones? It's okay if you guys don't remember the other ones. Okay. Know, I know both of them. Oh, is that well. bonus points for purple? <laughs> nope, yeah. nope. Red already won. Yeah, okay, okay. So I'll, <laughs> I'll just say one of them. It's okay. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it is lie number two. And this one, we have to make a distinction. It's not the same as I'm not good enough. It is a lie. Um, from the enemy to make us feel like a victim at all times. Uh, it also is a lie to make the table not seem as good, like the blessings that are there not as good. But in reality, it's a lie that can really, really creep in. And you're, you're, he acts as a buddy. Like he'll sit next to you and he'll whisper and be like, man, I don't know how you dealt with this thing. Right. Or, oh my goodness, can like this person again mm-hmm. is asking for help. I don't know how you have the time or the effort to give that person that help. Um, or is this kid really like asking you to do this? Like uh, to, to, to come off to the side and pray for them or like they're really struggling with that again and they want a, you to pray for like, like uh, all of those types of lies that could creep in or for you guys that might just be at work, like really, your, your boss is asking you to do that again? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I don't know how you deal with him. Oh, or, uh, oh, like that lady is late for work again and you manage to get here on time every single time, even though you have kids, even though, like, like I don't know how you deal with them. Like, all of the, those type of lies that slowly but surely make you just feel like a victim everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so much so that you start to not give but be selfish because I deserve it because all of this stuff has been bad, you know? Uh, or, or to even, like, I, I shared with the kids, I was like, there's a, like, lies creep in from from the tempter all the time and they're not me they're him and mm-hmm. i shouldn't feel bad about having these because he's trying to actively destroy the things that god's setting up where like i will i will start to feel the fatigue of camp before i even get there <laughs> and i'll remember how i felt as i went home last year and how many bug bites i counted and all of these things and he can be like i don't know how you're gonna get through this here or or the lie that i sh- shared with you earlier 50 kids showed up and i was just like i don't know how i'm gonna get through this mm. you know I'm not going to make it. That lie can slowly creep in, and it makes us think it's all on me when in reality we're at a table with a God who can get us through everything, and, and he's leading us through the valley, not meant to be outside of it all the time. He's, he wants us to be in the presence of our enemies, 
and in that valley to show that he is more powerful than it. And then there's one more lie. You guys remember? Joanna? Yeah. We'll every- give you a point for this one. Okay. Everyone is against me. Yes. Everyone <laughs> is against me. And this you one- still didn't win. He still didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, he, he, he did all the math in his head. He's like, ah, that still doesn't bump purple high enough. <laughs> exactly Maybe to third, which takes his we tie for <laughs> We tie for second is what we do. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, but this lie is uh, an interesting one because it's kind of different than the others. Uh, this one is kind of a lie against your community rather than your relationship with God. And I think Satan, when he realizes that he can't shake that relationship with God that you have, he can shake the foundation and the community that you mm-hmm. have. Um, if he And if he can isolate you, then he can start to work on those others. Yeah. But really, this is a lie that you, you start to think that every single person at your church is whispering things against you, that they don't really like you, that they um, – they're annoyed with you. They're annoyed with the things that you share. Um, you might think that your coworkers are just always, always, always out to get you, and they're always trying to get you fired or, or this or that, or your husband or your wife or your kids all hate you. Uh, and if he can make you feel isolated, then he can start to work on you're not good enough. He can start to whisper mm-hmm. you're not going to make it. He can start to whisper uh, it's better at another table, yeah. like all of those things. But that one, that one is a hard one uh, for us who do have a solid foundation, who are at that table every day. If you start to pray, like he even mentions in the book, if you start to pray this prayer of God, it's me and you against the world, mm-hmm. then that en- the enemy might be at your table. Mm-hmm. And, and that was that was one that I was like, oh wow, like uh, you might not even realize it. Like you're having this mm-hmm. communion with God, but in reality, the things that you're praying for are destruction against everyone around mm-hmm. you and really god's given you those as a gift yeah. um but yeah that my day was all about establishing that um the enemy is active in your life it those thoughts that you're having that are extremely negative about yourself and about the people around you are not really yours they're what the enemy is giving you and then he's going to turn around once you act on them he's going to turn around and become your accuser um and so step one to kicking the enemy out of your table is establishing that there is one um, so yeah, that was my day. It's good. That's yeah. good. All right. So I had day two and I just wanted to give a couple of practical, you know, tools so that those students who have had the enemy hanging out for a, a long while mm. can start to remove them, uh, remove him from the table and hopefully not invite him back in. I really, the two ideas that I, I was dealing with is one, in order to do that, you've got to have your identity anchored in Christ. Yeah. So much of what we do, I would argue everything that we do is identity driven. Mm. And if you can be anchored in Christ, that's just going to naturally move you towards the things of Christ, as opposed to those things that you were talking about, those mm-hmm. lies that the enemy is, is taking you to. Um, the, the tricky thing is, is he's a liar. And so one of the things that he'll do is he'll try to shift your identity from in Christ mm. based on some past failure that mm. you've had. Mm. And once you have this failure, and we all fail, we all stumble, we all come up short, and if he can convince you that somehow your identity is linked into your failure, well then you are more likely to engage in habits and rhythms yeah. that reinforce that negative uh, bias, and it will just be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, a cycle. The example that I gave, and I'm going to ask you guys to uh, share, if you could, maybe uh, ways that you've seen this played out in your life, is, you know, the kid that goes out and he plays a game of sports and he just doesn't do very well. And then he walks away thinking, you know, I didn't just drop the ball. He starts listening to the enemy who says, yeah, you're just not athletic. You, mm. you, you shouldn't be a part of the team. You shouldn't, you shouldn't go out and, and try new things. 
And if that becomes their identity, well, what's that going to lead to? That's going to be habits of saying, no, 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 I don't play sports. Mm -hmm. No, 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 I don't actually get involved in teams. And that's just going to reinforce that negative identity. Uh, in your guys' lives, what, has there ever been a moment where you just knew, okay, instead of having your identity rooted in Christ, you started listening to some lies and it kept you from maybe even the things that God was even calling you to? Yeah, yeah. I, I think this goes hand in hand with stuff that we worked on at the beginning of the year where you've uh, helped us kind of identify lies that we were believing. And one that I have always be believed about myself is that I am, I am not brave. I am not confident as mm -hmm. a leader. I've, I'm way better as a follower. I'm way better as kind of this passive role. Right. I don't need to take that active role and being courageous and uh, stepping out. And, and like, that's just not me. You know, like God can do it, but that's not me. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. saying, you know what, those, that's, that's just a lie that I've let creep in, you know. Especially uh, when you know that God has called you to certain leadership mm -hmm. roles to be courageous. Absolutely. In. And so, yeah, no, perfect example. You don't have to show, uh, come up with an example. Do you have one? Um, I can share one. Sure. Um, so for me, I think one of these lies that I believe is just that I'm not a, I'm not capable of planning or organizing or being being a good time manager. That's crazy. And so, no, no, no. <laughs> so I'm and and you know that I struggle with time management no, in a lot of ways. But because I was because being serious, I wasn't bro, really? trying. To, I wasn't trying <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're very organized. Absolutely. And, on top of it, so sorry. No, no that becomes a cycle for, for me though, because if I think, oh, I can't manage time, mm. or I'm not gonna be able to get out of the house on time, uh, which is always a struggle for me, then part of me gives up and I don't even try. Same yeah. thing with planning and organizing. I think I'm not gonna try pulling off this event sure. because I'm just not a good a good enough planner or organizer mm. to pull it off, so I won't even attempt it. And that's one of the ways the enemy has used that lie in my life to keep me from doing the things God's calling me to. Yeah, yeah I've, I've dealt with the exact same before. Mm -hmm. So once you have your identity rooted in Christ, my next challenge to the students was, okay, now you need to adopt certain habits and rhythms that will now reinforce that identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. And really this comes a lot from even James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits. Uh, he talks about how you don't, Everyone kind of has similar goals. We all have kind of similar goals in life, but so many people are not at actually achieving those goals. Mm. Uh, and so he says, hey, we don't actually rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. Mm. You need to have systems in your life that will get you to those goals. And so, um, you know, maybe, maybe you don't know this about me, Josh, but here's an example of what I mean by systems and, and the importance of systems. So when I was in middle school, uh, probably early high school, I had this goal of I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to play the guitar. And I had a system. It was a very poor system. You had a goal of learning how to play the guitar, I believe kind of in that college age. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and you were rocking every single Sunday on your guitar. So we had the same goal. Your system allowed you to achieve that goal where mine did not. My system was, eh, when I feel like it, I'll pick up the guitar and I'll yeah. like try to learn a chord or two when yeah. I feel like it. Yeah. That was my system. It didn't, it didn't allow me to reach that goal. You had a different system. What was your system? So. It was. It started in Honduras when I just every single day when I had time I would play and I would play poorly, but I would learn something new every single time mm. I picked it up. Yeah, yeah. To the point that, from what I've been told, you were almost annoying to the people around you. Oh, for <laughs> sure. How many? I mean, yeah. how long? How no. many hours you were pouring into the ukulele and then eventually the, the guitar? I, I want to talk about him real quick. Uh, Zach at <laughs> camp uh, plays the ukulele all the time. And students were like, oh, I can't like, but like to me, I would just smile every single time because I was like, this will lead to something. Yes. You know? yeah. like, when they start harassing him and saying, I'm going to put that in the fire, I was like, 
Zach, you do not listen to those guys. Yeah. You keep jamming. Yeah. Uh, because I knew. I knew that yeah. that was a system that he needs in order to actually achieve yeah. that goal mm -hmm. of learning a, an instrument. So how does this relate to the enemy at our table? Well, the enemy loves to sneak in when we are making those positive, God-honoring choices, small things, small things every single day that are leading to the goal of becoming more like Christ. And he loves to say, you know what? That's actually not leading to anything really significant in your life. Mm. You don't need to continue to do that every single day. Mm. It might be the goal that we've probably all had at some point in our life. I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to spend time in God's word, in prayer, and in worship so that I can have the peace of God as I enter my work, uh, my work day. Yeah. And then you go to you know work and your boss has a load of assignments that you weren't expecting and you're feeling anxious and stressed. And the enemy pulls up the table and says, oh, you know what? That, that little you know, exercise that you do every single morning clearly is not working. Mm -hmm. All you're doing is losing a precious half hour of sleep. It's not actually building to anything significant. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time that the enemy is devaluing those small God-honoring choices, the enemy loves to actually explain away the negative choices that are leading in a destructive uh, mm. direction. Maybe it's the, okay, you didn't go to church on Sunday. Maybe it's two weeks in a row that you mm. are not a part of Christian community. Mm. And your life does not fall apart. Your spiritual life does not completely unravel. And so the enemy comes along and uh, communicates to you, hey, you know what? Once a month. Mm -hmm. You can get away with once a month. It's not It's not leading to yeah. anything significant. You still believe in God. You still believe in God. It's no problem. And what you end up doing is you jeopardize a, a habit, or sorry, you step into a negative habit that really is leading you further away from mm -hmm. God. I mean, a classic example is going back for seconds. Mm -hmm. um, a, a, you know, a second serving of dessert. Did you need it? No, you just really, really wanted it. And the next day, you don't balloon to 2,000 pounds, so you wrongly conclude that, hey, this isn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. And the enemy will tell you it's not a big deal. But then 20 years down the road, you realize, ooh, that small habit, that small yeah. rhythm was leading something that would ultimately take me to a place in my health that I don't want to be. Mm. Um, in your guys' lives, can you think of an example of when you believed that lie on either side, that the small, you know, positive choices, God-honoring choices, you kind of gave up on? Um, or you kind of believed the lie that this wasn't a big deal and it actually stayed in your life way longer than it should have? Mm. I know I'm putting you on That's the spot. That's a good question. I, I think a silly one, uh, I don't necessarily, like, obviously I, I need to take care of my body, but, like, going from high school where I was in track and soccer and had practice every single day and then going to college where I was on no team at all, um, I did not see the value in those practices mm. and uh, very quickly realized, oh, my body is expanding. <laughs> um, and... It was just one of those things where I I always had complained going to practices all the time, and I was so happy when I did not have to go to those anymore. Uh, but very quickly can uh, the the choice to oh I'm just gonna sleep in I don't need to go work out I, I I'm just gonna eat as much as I want uh, I'll go to McDonald's every single day like like all of those types of things don't matter um, because I'm young I'm gonna have this body forever type yeah. of thing. And very quickly, can your body just be like, oh, well, this is the shift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. In fact, just I want to end with kind of an encouragement to you. They say that most adults will make 35,000 decisions every single day. Mm. And most of those decisions feel like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and eat at McDonald's today. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and skip 
flossing because I just need to get to bed. Mm. They just seem like little minor insignificant choices. But when you average those out in a lifetime, that actually becomes a substance of your entire life. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to blow up your life with one bad choice. Mm. It's a series, thousands of choices that lead up to that one bad choice. Mm -hmm. You caught, got caught embezzling money, you got fired, you might be thrown in jail. Well, guess what? There were thousands of choices that led up to that big choice of embezzlement. And oftentimes people look at people's lives and say, oh man, where did, where did they come from? I, that, that, they're living such an amazing life. They're an overnight success. But they don't see the thousands of positive mm. choices that led to that overnight success. Yeah. The thousands of hours on your knees in prayer with God. The, the thousands of hours that you gave of yourself in service and ministry when it was a sacrifice to do so. Mm -hmm. They don't see all of those choices, yeah. but all those choices are leading to this brilliant art piece that is you because you are reflecting the image of Christ every mm -hmm. single day. Joanna, I'm going to turn things over to you. Yeah, so my day was all about victory. And uh, when we give the enemy a seat at our table, uh, what we've just talked about is that he will uh, try to speak defeat into our Absolutely. lives and make us, Absolutely. he will make us feel like losers and he will make us fall into habits that cause us ultimately to lose out on what God's best is for our life. And so my day was about how to live in the reality of that victory that we have through Christ. Mm. Um, so there's a couple of ways that we can do this. It really starts in our mind, like Louis was saying. Um, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you guys on the spot. It's okay. my turn to do that. Yep. Um, so both of you were involved in athletics when you were younger. You yeah. both had a lot of life experiences. Um, what is one of those moments where you experienced either a major victory or a major loss that made you feel either a sense of over, overwhelming triumph or kind of that plummeting darkness of defeat? Mm. You know, I can't think of a specific defeat. I can think of multiple defeats. So, <laughs> you know, like as recently oh, as, no. you know, in, uh, you know, uh, our college and career group, we, we had a softball team. Uh -huh. And every single time I'm out in the outfield tracking down a ball that I didn't actually get to track down and catch, it would just sit with me, not just for a few minutes, it would sit with me through the rest of the night. It would sit through me uh, with me the next day, mm. way longer, way longer than it should have. It <laughs> yeah. was just a ball that I didn't catch, mm. yet it just became this really annoying reminder of how I came up short. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a great example. So you had that sense of defeat yeah. over even not catching not a ball. Not catching a dumb ball. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Josh, do you have an <laughs> example? Uh. Man, there was my my biggest like athletic accomplishment was being uh, a part of a undefeated soccer team mm -hmm. in my sophomore year, uh, and I, it was in like the Christian school league, so like not so quite the level. Man. Big like, time. And stuff. then the next year, I went and I played for like <laughs> public schools and realized, wow, the level of competition is just <laughs> way different. But we were nineteen and zero in our tournament in the finals, and we actually only tied the team oh, that wow. uh like and so we had to go to extra time they score we score to come back and then we go to penalty kicks and i got to take one of the penalty kicks and mm. scored and we won awesome. and it was just one of those things where it's like it's this is amazing That's we got huge. a banner at our school <laughs> and it was like awesome like That's i cool. felt on top of the world like I'm we're the best soccer team ever i'm excited for yeah. you right now i did not know that story yeah, yeah, and yeah. i am definitely feeling that victory <laughs> even just you telling that story yeah yes. yeah that's awesome. Those are both great examples of how um, things that go right or wrong in our life can make us feel a certain way. So when we feel like we're a loser, that comes with a sense of shame. It mm -hmm. comes with a sense of guilt, yeah. a sense of defeat. 
And like you just said, Jonathan, that can become one of those self-fulfilling prophecies. Mm. It can become a cycle of shame and guilt in our lives, especially because with 35,000 decisions to make every day, Mm. we're bound to make some of them incorrectly. And every single decision that we know we make incorrectly is an opportunity for the enemy to come knocking and to say, you're a loser. Mm. You're a loser because you came home from work with a bad attitude. You're a loser because you didn't take time to play with your kids. You're a loser because you were late to work. You're a loser loser because you didn't meet that deadline. Um, even think small things like conversations that we have, and then we go home and overthink them, and we think, man, I can't believe I said that to that person, or mm-hmm. what did they mean when they said that? Um, yeah. All of those things can kind of create this mountain of guilt and shame and defeat in our life. Um, but Christ comes into the picture, and he says those are lies from the enemy. Shame is from the enemy. Yeah. And he gives us instead victory. And so my day was all about talking about the victory that we have in Christ. And that has practical impl- implications for everyone's life. Um, if you are a victor, you have that sense that Josh had, which is just on top of the world. Like you, Josh, you probably didn't stop having hard things in your life in the days following that victory. But I, I bet that you were still able to walk through difficult circumstances with well, a bounce sure. with a bounce in your step. Yeah, yeah. because you overconfidence. knew. Overconfidence. Overconfidence. <laughs> because you knew, I'm a victor. I slayed it, and now I get to just live in that sense of triumph. Um, same thing for those, who, those of us who are in Christ. In Romans 8.37, it says that now we are more than conquerors mm. through him who loved us. And that victory being able to just sit in that identity piece that you brought up changes everything. It changes how we deal with the problems that come up in our lives. It changes how we feel after we do fail. Um, and to, to kind of help illustrate this in a really practical sense, I'm actually, I'm going to draw for those of you who are watching. Um, but if you are only listening, I want you to just imagine I'm drawing like a little circle on the page with two lines that come off of it. So you can think about a fork in the road. It's kind of like a Y shape. And this represents those 35,000 choices that we come to every day. This is called a choice point, and it actually comes from something called acceptance and commitment therapy. Um, And it's basically just a way of saying, hey, every single day you come to choices where you get to either move towards your values or away from your values. So Jonathan, what's what's one of your values that you could just share? Adventure. Adventure. So adventure is a value. So every day you come to opportunities where you can choose to move towards adventure or away from adventure. Josh, what about you? What's a value that you hold? Being a leader. Being a leader. So every day you get a chance to either move towards being a Mm -hmm. leader or away from being a leader. So um, if you're listening to this, you can probably think of so many examples of values that you hold and moments in the day where you either move towards a value or away from a value. And those moments where you get to make that decision are called a choice point. And that's where you get to pivot in one direction or another. So um, being a victor in Christ means that when we come to these choice points, we are confident in the freedom to move towards our values. And ultimately, moving towards our values is moving towards the life that Jesus wants for Mm -hmm. us, the life that we want to live in him. And so as you are moving throughout your day, just being aware, oh, man, I've come to a choice point. I get to move in victory towards what Christ wants for me or I'm gonna let the lies of the enemy draw me down this other path away from victory. So when you come to that fork in the road and you get to choose between those those two directions, remembering who the voice of Christ is that gives us freedom 
and power and calls us towards a, a life of righteousness versus um, the lies of the enemy who speaks defeat and loss into our lives and calls us away from Jesus. That's a really practical way to just remember, hey, I'm always moving somewhere. I come to these 35,000 decisions a day. How do I move down that path towards who Christ wants me to be? Mm-hmm. And the, the second way that this is different if you're a victor is because you no longer move down uh, that path away from your values. Like when you do make a mistake, yeah. which yeah, you yeah. will, you will make mistakes. When you do, you no longer have shame for yourself there. Mm-hmm. We talked at camp about how the enemy offers us shame, but God offers us conviction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he will convict us and help us to move on a different path, but the enemy is the one who's speaking shame. So we actually, um, at at camp, I talked about um, Adam and Eve. That was the biggest loss for humanity, hands down, ever. Adam and Eve's sin in the Garden of Eden plunged all of humanity into this place of darkness and of loss. But then we have that moment where Christ died on the cross and Mm. where he freed us from all of the burden of sin and that was humanity's greatest win. And so I wrapped up my day talking about victory by just sharing that that victory that Christ gave us is the way that we move against the enemy's lies and we live in a place of peace and victory and confidence. So That's great. there you have it. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, at this point, we're going to go ahead and do a shout out for Joanna. She's going to go on a speaking tour uh, and <laughs> coming to a city near you because, well, I think this podcast is probably launching your career. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Joanna, thank you so much for coming. Uh, you always put such clarity to even complicated ideas and thoughts. Yeah. Josh, uh, thank you so much for sharing as well. And for those of you who want to go to camp next year, well, if you're old, you might be able to volunteer. Absolutely. Otherwise, uh, sign up your students. We have a great time every single year yeah. until next month. Know that living your life with God and in community with Christians and having purpose is just such a better way to live life.